This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Celtic Rooms TV, the Balls and Bovel podcast, with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Joining us tonight, we have Terence Tear 16 run from our forum page to the podcast CelticRooms.co.uk, where Celtic supporters discuss the all things Celtic. On the show tonight, we take a look at the latest news and transfer gossip around the club. The season so far under Ange, you players stepping up to the first team this season. New Celtic CEO Michael Nicholson. Are we right to have an early winter breaks this season? And of course, anything from the live chat that you guys wish to discuss, please let us know. Firstly, Mark, for a few shout outs and our last shout out for the Hampton Mark, I think. I'll be winding that up. For, yep. uh, quick shout outs to usual suspects Tim Avoy, Basket Green, Rich and his family, Dampsey Boy, John UI, he's going through a bit of a tough time now, sir. All the best to young John. And if you've been on the forum, you'll know it, sadly, Mikey's. Seems to have contracted this new variant of COVID or whatever. It's Micron, I can't remember, or something, isn't it, Paul? But he's really poorly again, and his wife's got the same uh, symptoms in that, so just, just hope that Bethany will recover for that as soon as possible. He's a bit of a tough time the last few months, especially, well, I mean, getting married and that, she's got a happy time for them. And mm-hmm. He's went through COVID, and then now he's caught this new thing and that. So get well soon, Mikey, mate. Uh, the food bank stats were collected uh, are well over well over seven thousand over the five year, and we've actually raised thirty one thousand three hundred and fifteen pound this year. So everybody has donated. Thanks very much. It's really really appreciated. The links that still in the description box below if you still want to put anything. But I'll be winding up over the next couple of days. But it's really really thanks very much to everybody that helps out with all the charity stuff that we do. Uh, that's my back up at 516 subs poll on YouTube, so it's creeping up again. So thanks again to everybody that joins us on here, guys like Davey. I don't know who else is in the live chat, my mates anyway, but just thanks to the lads that come on every night when we're live. Guys like Terence that come on, Mikey that comes on, Barry, Young John, a lot of them. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do so, and remember to hit the like button. Just behalf of myself and Paul and everybody at Celtic Rumours, the football rumour sites, Hope you've a smashing Christmas and I hope that 2022 is a great year for his real well. FC Update, a Dutch sports website, claimed that the Hoops could take advantage of outer-contract dispute between Icelandic forward Albert Goodson and his club Herr Verhoeven. Talks between the two parties have broken down and Goodison can be signed in a pre-contract when the transfer opens in a couple of days in January. We are left to believe Celtic are still at an advanced stage of the contract talks between 
the trio of the Japanese league, Rio Haiti, Yukazashi Idehuji and Dijon Mida, talks are, are, are so well going. Japan sports media are also confident that the deals will go through in the next couple of days. But reports have came out that Dijon Mida was in London this week doing a medical, but Japan's number one sports journalist, Dan Outwitz, has poured cold water on this and said it was just Twitter news. Celtic have entitled talks regarding new link to bring Cavan Victors to Parkhead on a permanent deal. Their the on-loan sports striker has become a key figure for Andrew Celtic so far this season. A, a deal between around £6 million to £10 million is being reported. And I'm just confident that Celtic will get this deal over the line. Also, it's being reported that Celtic are, are in talks to get a deal, to get Yotta signed on a permanent deal also before the end of the season. That's it for the transfer rumours. At the moment, Mark will now bring Terence onto the show. I think he's already there. You're there, Terence? I am here. Good evening. How are you? Just good, Terence. Good, good. Thanks very much again for coming on, Terence. Uh, just before we, we, we move on, Terence, just with the rumours going around there, it's key that, that Celtic tried to retain Cavan Vickers and Yotta before kind of, any deals are done, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I, I said this to you even beforehand, Paul. Like, Cameron Vickers, he would be would be the priority. He'd be, he'd be my number one. The guy's, the guy's rock solid. Like. And that was Jota as well, but Vickers for me, because it's, in a position where we, we kind of have been struggling for the last 12, 18 months until he's come in and he's made a huge difference. Um, yeah, look, Jot and Vickers, to get the two of them over the line, it would be brilliant. And then if they can add the three, the Japanese lads, and I know they probably won't go down the line, but I'd love to see them go for someone like Lewis Ferguson, especially because if McGregor is supposedly out with COVID, or you can see the way it seems to affect James McCarthy, even though he had a cracking game the other night, I thought. I'd love to see him go for the likes of Lewis Ferguson as well. I know they probably won't, but I, I agree with oh, you the two boys would be... I don't know, Terms, we spoke about that before on here. I think it would be a dereliction duty at Celtic if Lewis Ferguson was available and they weren't in for him. I'm too much. I've spoken about it before. See all this Celtic Rangers thing. I don't think that would come into young boys. Kind of, I don't think that would come into thinking. Even Barry's come out and said that. I mean, we've spoke about it before. The Ferguson family's not like that. They're no, they're no bitter, they're, they're Rangers men, but they're no like, bitter, bitter Rangers. Do you know what I'm trying to say, kind of thing? That's just a kind of public persona that Barry kind of got over the years because he kind of swaggering about the park and that stuff. But I'd, I think he'd be a fantastic signing for us. And there's been a few of the lads on the live chats and on podcasts previously said the exact same thing, so I don't think anybody would turn down the chance. I think he might be get one eye in England right enough, but it's kind of in a bit of fun out with Aberdeen because he's not back an offer for somebody in England. And he's no Aberdeen, he's not a highly paid player at Aberdeen or that. He's one of the lowest paid players. I mean, remember, he came for Aki's. But anything's a decent wage coming for there. So I really I don't see a problem with why Celtic only looking at Lewis Ferguson. No, I, I don't either. And I, I agree with you as well. You're always going to get the narrow-minded side of things where people go, oh, you shouldn't go for him because his dad played for Rangers and his uncle played for Rangers. Like, 
as I said, I said this before, and it's people should have a look and see about Kenny Dalglish or Danny McGrain. They're two guys that were voted on like the greatest Celtic team of all time. And, and Kenny Dalglish was a season ticket holder at Ibrox, to my knowledge. When he was growing up, he used to always go to the Rangers games. So like, I think Lewis Ferguson would be a fantastic signing for Celtic. And I've said it numerous times, like yourself in here, Mark. And I think if he came to Celtic, it would be great. I hate to use the term, but it would be stepping stones for him to go further in the Premier in the, in the Premiership if, that was, if that's what his goal was uh, down further uh, down the line. Prob- probably if he's going to the Premier League, I know it's a kind of low-level Premier League team to think that team is maybe struggling. But if he comes to Celtic for a few years, you're stepping up a level, you're maybe getting to like, catch the eye, like your Leicesters, your West Ham's, and they're kind of mid-level teams in that. Oh, yeah, big time, and that's that's what I would love to see because I think he'd be, I think he'd be phenomenal in Celtic. I really would. I think he'd be. Uh, I I think personally, someone like Lewis Ferguson would only last at Celtic two or three seasons because he he'd shine so well in, in a team that's going forward all the time that he'd be snapped up down south in no matter time. Just going back to Google, saying about Carter Vickers, imagine we'd been able to keep a hold of Ayer this year. Partnership with Carter Vickers and Ayer in the centre of defence. Unbelievable. Thing again that like he started getting a few rough tackles and the decisions weren't going his way and then he started losing his way then the game again. Do you think maybe that's it like that he 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 loses concentration easily that it's affecting his game? Like we've seen it with with Big Julian last season he started losing himself in games against big defenders when he. Somebody said if it was a first game he'd a bit of a nightmare. tackles and 
they, they're breaking through, there's always a defender behind them. Whereas when it's the defender that does the mistake, it's just glaringly obvious and it makes them, it, it, they stand out big time for me. Like. Yeah, perfect. Uh, moving on, uh, we just talked briefly about the, the game on, on Stephen's Day, uh, Boxing Day, is that what you lads in, in Scotland call it, Mark? Uh, Celtic played St. Johnston. Oh, Celtic. Did he call it St. Stephen's Day as well? So. Oh, of course he did. How am I supposed to know, Mark? You're part of the UK, like, <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ. You know? Uh, <laughs> St. Johnston won Celtic 3 about it with two goals and he beat on with one uh, Big Ange kind of tweaking his formation uh, I think it was kind of a 3-4-3 formation Terence do you think it was was that just due to injuries or maybe Ange has tweaked that he needs uh, two strikers maybe up front against defensive teams I'd, I'd say it was might have been six and one half doesn't the other Paul but mm. Probably down to the fact that, you know, he needed to push, say, Liam Scales further forward because he didn't have anyone maybe to play on that side. So maybe he, he maybe he was just dealt a hand where he had to kind of go with the, the kind of three at the back and maybe fellas dropping into positions. But like, I mean, for for one of the, that, has, that was one of the best performances I've seen from Celtic this season. I, there was mm-hmm. certain that game, I thought Near Beaton was fantastic. I thought it was the best game I've seen James McCarthy play for Celtic comfortably. He, he set up the goal. Abada, to me, looked like he was after gaining two or three yards of his pace back. He looked much sharper than he has been in the previous games. And I know you're going to go into it, so I won't go into too much detail. The couple of young guys that, that were there that were involved in young Doss that came on, I thought he had a fine game as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, thought, I thought for a game that, considering what had happened the previous few days against St. Mirren, it was a game you're kind of thinking like, oh, this could be a tricky one. But, but really, I mean... Celtic were very, very comfortable in that whole game, I thought. Very, very Mark, do you think maybe Ange should be going down that route against these kind of defensive teams going three at the back and kind of more of an attacking option, you know, push push more men kind of forward forward? there's really no need to have four at the back when, when we're going to have most of the ball anyway, is there? But it's the way you play, Paul Winter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, like said, he's inverted. Fullbacks and that, can you play inverted fullbacks when you're playing 5 2? Mm-hmm. No. Is it, I know, but I have to think it was just what it was, but is it, like square pegs and round holes, that was just what was available. Because we said that, Mark, that I, I, I said it loads of times that Ange needs to tweak his formation because there's certain players in the squad that aren't able to play the formation that Ange wants to play. So that's a bit of. And kind of using his head, really, isn't it? Tweaking the formation to suit the players rather than to suit his t- style. You know? A lot of the time, Paul would play the actual... Like, we'd be going about formations and things like that, but... I mean, see, when you watch football, Paul, really, oh, it's just where players stand at kick-off and things mm-hmm. like that. Do you get what I mean? It's where they're actually running move on their part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't... Maybe for certain games, he'll change into different formations, but I don't think he'll, like, he'll change much... Uh, the actual he's will just become known as like his normal his normal tactics his normal formation. I don't think he'll deviate for that very often, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going on what Terence was saying uh, about Labada, and if we read up Labada from last season, his poor preferred position across 
the the front three is kind of in the middle mark, kind of a, a David Tomball or a Tom Roderick role. Like he's he, he does his before he he's before kind of receiving the ball and then running. But we kind of saw about at his best at the weekend with his finishing as well, and he could have had about three or four goals in in this game, couldn't he? He's definitely unlucky, you know, to get at least a hat trick. I'm going to go back to what Terence says. I think it was mere. It just looked sharper and quicker. Paul, we spoke about it. I mean, I've given him, I've no gave up, but I've given him a bit of grief through the last few games, Paul, because I just thought he was. People are slagging Mikey Johnson off there as a bad and It's just an, an empty jersey on the mm-hmm. side of the pitch. But I think he did look a lot sharper the other day and he did seem to be getting that wee burst of pace back as well, which I said as well that he seemed to have lost. I, I put that, that's what I put it down to. Performances. I don't think he was actually fully back up to match fitness or match sharpness. Paul, I think maybe the other day just showed that he is back to mm-hmm. back to his best because I, did, I totally agree with Terence. He just looked that bit quicker when he was running and everything. And then, of course, there was a bit of history made on on, on Sunday. I don't know if, if actually Toby knew about this. After a year and a half, uh, in the 35th minute and 56 seconds, Barkas realised that he could use his gloves. In, in in the Celtic goal when he came out and caught the ball constantly and uh, I thought Barca's Terence uh, had a good game and he, and he actually looked com- we've seen Celtic give away goals from set pieces when we said uh, Joe Hart could have come from and look we we saw Barca's comfortably come taking corners at the weekend he he done what he had to do Paul he mm-hmm. done what he had to do and he done it well he distributed the ball well he you know he. He he didn't really have many shots on him, but he took a few crosses. But look, you can you can't you, you, fault him for the goal either. No, no, no. you can't put any of that blame at Barkas's door. That was some header for that lad. It didn't different goals there. It was a goal. It, you know that that is not that had nothing to do with Barkas. You'd, you'd be blaming the blame at Starfield for a poor pass, but it was a cracking finish. So it didn't make a difference who was who was in goals there. But it's an all round. He did. He 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 was put in there. I'm sure every Celtic supporter was going. I was myself going, "Oh my God!" But he did. He did what he had to do, and he did it well. He disputed the ball well. He took a few crosses. As I said, St. Johnson didn't offer too much, but you can only judge him what he had to do, and he done it well. Do yeah, but just just going up to like do 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 we still expect him to go, Mark, or is he better than Bain? Do you know what I mean? This is what I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, to to be for for to have Barkas. As, I, think as the that good, good enough game the other day. Just with Terence saying again, I thought he played well the other day. But he done with his ass for asked him. Is he better than Bain? Was it down to Marcia? Confidence, confidence is, is is going through the whole team at the moment. Like we saw how bad our defence was last season. That there was no confidence there, and we're obviously maybe an, an extra year for Barkas. We'll get and maybe him learning of the Joe Hart. It's a big yeah. baby, but Paul, it's a lot yeah. of money we'll get tied up in him. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't want to transfer fee plus the wages that will be paying him and things like that. I still think it would be best for him. All parties involved if we just moved on in January. Probably a loan in January and then maybe a permanent move come the summer. Mm-hmm. I still think he'll come back and bite us in the bum one day in Europe or something like that. I've said that for the same time. We'll get rid of him and then we'll come up against him in Europe in two or three years' time and we'll have a game his life. That's what'll end up happening. But it happened, wasn't it? Remember that? Was it Berg or something like that, the fella for Malmo or something like that a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Celtic, he came back, he scored too. But 
I'd agree with Mark. Listen, you you have to cut your losses with Barkas. What's the point in having a even a young lad like is we mentioned there, Paul, the other day, young Toby. You know, surely, surely, Celtic trying to go. Look, we tried Barkas. It didn't work. Move on. Bain is there as a possible backup. Hazard Hazard is there as a possible backup. Tra- like let your man Toby, as you said, be under the under the wing of uh, Joe Hart. Let him develop. Look at Joe Hart. Let him train like Joe Hart. Let him see the way Joe Hart just yeah, looks after. So long as that young guy going to last, but see if he did become the number one. It just, I mean, look, going back even the years we, what's his name? Him, it was David Marshall. Going back yeah. even Fraser Foster. He came here and kind of made a name when they were young guys and they would thought the, the grass was greener kind of thing. And I've, I've said this before on the podcast. Isn't maybe the way... In future, is it the way we should stop looking to like nurture and bring on our own keepers? Should we just look at guys like Joe Hart, Craig Gordon? They're going to have they're still a good few years in them at our level, but they're maybe not good enough for a Premier League team or that. So should mm-hmm. we just continue once Joe Hart's finished? Looked at, look at I don't know whoever's going to be in that kind of 33 35 age group again in a couple of years. But this fella Toby Mark is uh, is exceptional. Like this young this young lad is is good. Like you know, this I might be surprised if Celtic will be able to hang on to him. But you, know? you could have your cake and eat it, so to speak. In this instance, have a fella like Toby and develop him. Hopefully, get get him into the frame. And if he does go, if he goes, you make hopefully Celtic make good money on him. But you can still at the same time go and look for a. Said a Craig Gordon, a Joe Hart. There's always going to be those keepers that are. Well, if you look at it, right? Celtic have three young goalkeepers at the moment who are, are good. We have young Mullin, who was on the bench the other, the other day. Right? He gets some game time in in the Colts League with, with, with Toby. And then we have Ross Doohan, who's on loan at Charmere at the moment, who's uh, actually first choice for Charmere next like, Sunday. So there's three good goalkeepers and keeping back as is going to hinder their development. I I I, I nearly sell back as and hazard. I think hazard marking 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, you know, that's my opinion. Anyway, I would, I would keep Bain just to have a, another experienced keeper with your heart, and then develop the likes of Doohan, Mullen, and Toby. You know, I can't see Hazard ever becoming uh, a Celtic number one. You know, I'd, I'd agree with you, Paul. I'd agree yeah. with you as well. I, 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 I don't. I know Bain isn't the best in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But he's not he's not the worst either. I mean, for me, okay, he he has the odd crazy mistake in him. But I th- I think the guys actually of the other guys that are there, he's probably the best probably the best shot stopper there. Mm-hmm. My opinion. But yeah, I, I think I think that I'd agree with I'd agree with you. Like if they felt they had heart being and developing that young lad Toby and mm-hmm. with with the mindset that he's going to be realistically the number two and try and give him a bit of game time against the Joe, giving Joe Hart a rest against, like I said, maybe some of the lesser opposition or some of the top games or if their lower league teams are playing. 
that, that's the rule I'd be looking at personally, but that's only my like how old is Hazard now? Twenty one, twenty two, like and I mean if he's not really pushing like what would he be now at at Celtic? Would he be four? Barkers maybe five? But if it came his coat, which is a number one keeper, Paul, that's sitting at like 21 years of age, mm-hmm. do you need to be, I mean, there's the years, Paul, history shows that you've got to be exceptional to be become, I don't mean, no, up in Scotland, that maybe, but to be regarded like a cross Europe and that is one of the best young keepers. If you're, if you're in that mode, we could go back to like young guys like David Dahi and things like that. But they're few and far between. There's no many teams mm-hmm. of go- young young goalkeepers as their number one choice. I just think it being a bit more longer than the tooth. He's not going to get any better. Whereas Hazard, there's a chance he will get better. I'm not saying he'll ever become Celtic's number one either, but I don't know. It's, just, it's a weird thing because it's... I wouldn't say that any of them's better than... I wouldn't say being yeah, no, better than Hazard. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's nothing between the three of them. Do you know what I mean? And none of them are going to come to like, so two have to go to develop the rest of the young keepers, Doohan, Mullin and Toby. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, the, Jabber, uh, the Jabber of Joby said, the highlight of Barkley Celtic here was a catch the other night. <laughs> yeah, and that was, yeah. It was, the history yep. made, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. between all three of them, Bain, uh, Hazard and, and Barkley, says neither of the three of them could take a cross. Mm-hmm. Similarity: None of them can catch a ball when it crosses. None of the three of them. So from 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 that from that side of it, that's why you'd be hoping to try and develop that lad Toby, and and, and hopefully he he's the real deal because the three lads the three lads like if any of those three lads are in goals, it will put the fear of God in you. There's no question about it. You won't you won't have a remotely near level of same confidence as obviously Joe Hart, but Joe Hart is streets ahead of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like. Do you look in the opposite side uh, of the city, like the lads have Al McGregor, and when he retires, Mark Dave, nothing come through because I've looked like there's there's no one there really challenging. I, I leave Celtic have some options of. Is that, is that Matori, young Matori? Is he still with Rangers? He's still there, yeah, but. Uh, 
sorry, just for decide where it is. And looking ahead to what we have, we've an early winter break. We're still very much in the tight race. We've European football after Christmas. We've our first trophy, and and we've an upcoming transfer window. Mark, three points is where we are. Let's be better off this season than we were last season. What's what's the difference? Why is why is it so much? And well, getting so much kind of a first off, more. Well, first off, I'd say it's the way we're playing, Paul. The fans mm-hmm. can see it. I mean, we've got to remember, we've said it before, how, how long has Ange been here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This way, they, 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 you can always bring up like numbers and facts and stuff like that, and things like that, Paul, to kind of, as you're saying, we're only three points better off. But the actual feeling around the club with the fans. The way the team's playing, even the way the team, you can see like a team unity, Paul. We sp- mm-hmm. maybe spoke about me and you spoke about it, uh, Ange. Oh, I'm not criticising no, Ange, I'm just putting together a topic like that. No, no, I know what you mean, Ange, but it's, but it's just. I've never heard what I was going to say. But it's just, just I've met Paul, the fans are buying into what Ange is trying to do. You can see what he's trying to do, and it's. It's working, we're enjoying watching the team play. There's been a wee few minor blips here and there, but for the difference for, just for Ange came in, the despondency, even the support, to the actual feeling the new way the players are performing, the way there seems to be a kind of unity with the squad and things like that, it's just night and day. They just seem mm-hmm. to be on the, on the park, they seem to be on the right path. Mm-hmm. And especially... Uh, Terence, like considering the amount of injuries we've had this season, and like the rebuild isn't even half done uh, this season. Like, and to be only six points behind Rangers and still in the title race, it, it's a big achievement. We won cup. Yeah, we won the first cup on hand. Like you know what I mean? You know? Oh yeah, it's exactly like Mark said. Though all the difference from last year to me is that it's a team, but it's a happy team. Guys want to be there. Guys want to play for Ange. Guys will, you see guys like Kyogo willing to go on the field. He knows he's injured, but he's going to try and play. It's 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 like Mark said, it's day and night compared to last season. You have you have unity, like from the from the team, they're all with each other. Ange has them all around each other. They're all one. All the players are are, are one. It's 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 night it's night and day that that the difference between last season and this season. And it's like players want to play for something. Players want to be there. They want to play for their manager. They have a manager that sticks up for them. They have a manager that believes in them. They have a manager that believes in the system. They have a manager that doesn't take any bull from anyone off the pitch to say whatever they want about something. And he's the first man that will defend them. And, he, and, he, and he's the man who will take the blame. If there's something wrong, he'll, he'll never turn around and go, well, he, he did this and he did that and he didn't do this. He'll go, I'm the manager. I make the calls. My fault. I even go back to the defeat at Ibrooks and that. I mean, he held his hands up right away, Terence, and says, I shouldn't have played Kyogo in the left. Yeah, and that, that's what that's, 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 You can't, Nave, Nave the press can't even have a pop at him over that. Cause he said, because we all knew he'd made a mistake. He knew he made a mistake, and he held his hands up and says, Look, I made a mistake. So the press couldn't even come out with a kind of, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, kind of line. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing negative the press could say. About that, apart that, he, made, he did make a mistake playing Kyogo in the left. Exactly, and if you if you compare that Mark, to say when Celtic got knocked out of the Champions League by Fern Farrell, 
he basically came out with his players and they don't want to be here. I mean, there's a complete, complete difference. His whole thing was, well, there's lads in there that don't want to be there, basically. It wasn't my fault. They don't want to play for Celtic, so what am I supposed to do? As opposed to Ange coming out and going, I got it wrong. I played him out there. I should have played him here. The blame lies at me, no one else. And, like, if you're a player or you're a supporter in particular and you're listening to that, you're going, I, I like I like this guy because he, he doesn't hide away from it and he's trans, he's transformed he's transformed everything on in regards to the pitch in, in, in a six months. That's all he's been there six months and it's it's as Marcus said there, it's day and night compared to what it was last. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year as well we we've been creating uh, more chances. Uh, we're passing at more of a higher tempo, we're conceding less chances at goal. Uh, with a squad hammered by injuries, uh, players who we would classify as fringe players, Mark, are able to come in and and step in to the system. Like, we're seeing useless, Paul. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they've been given free transfers. Do you know what I mean? Listen, yeah, together. yeah, like these like a benefit, Mark, of a manager who wants to utilize everything. Uh, at his resources at a club, like and, and we and we talk more about the youth system in a minute, but like it just shows the benefits, Mark, of having the courts league and having our young players get first team football in the courts league as well this season, isn't it? That they're able to come in, match fit, and able to get into the first team as well on the end. I thought it shows you how good he's, pardon me, how good he's training and stuff like coaching is. Getting back to it. Improvement of guys like Ralston. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if we could say Beaton because we, we always knew Beaton was a, a decent. I, maybe I'm doing him a bit of this year, this year because I always thought he was a good central defensive. No, what Mark? It's like he's high. He's short as a head high, and that's the difference in Beaton. I think maybe he's kind you know? of. Uh, so again, he's true. I think Beaton has probably improved. Look at the difference in Rogic now. I mean, so it just shows you the potential scene when the players are believing the manager and the managers. Showing the players and teaching them things, and the players themselves will see this is working. Yeah. I mean, Tony, what else is he'll be picking up the papers and that, and he'll be like, My career, I can't believe. Do you get what I mean? I can't believe where my career went to in the space of four or five months under this guy. Do you think, uh, just with, with the two of you, I got to Terence Foss, like, do you think Radisson has been the, the standout performer, Terence, for Celtic so far? Um, he he he's up there. He probably from his from where he was, wherever when he signed the one year contract, and everyone went, "Oh my God!" They've been basically capped for Scotland. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fairy tale for the lad. Um, I, he's certainly up there. I myself personally, I think you got to look at Joe Hart. He's mm-hmm. probably a standout guy for me. Obviously, Kyogo up front, but I was supposed to improve play at the club. I think it's done. I don't think anybody could argue with that, really. No, I would either, but I, I would think for for me, Paul, Ralph definitely has been outstanding. But if you look straight through the spine of the team, there's something that I mentioned on here before. It's so good. You now it's Hart, Pickers, McGregor, Iogo. Assuming they're all fit, and like if you look at three of those, like McGregor's a different guy to where he was 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. People on the forum saying, oh, McGregor's gone. He needs to be gone. He needs to be sold. He's a different player because he's allowed, he's been allowed to use his qualities to the best of his ability. Kyogo's sensational. Hart's a bit sensational. Bicker's sensational. 
I agree with Mark. Ralston has he's 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 definitely if it was if it was like comeback player of the year, he'd definitely win it. You know what I mean? He's the guy's the guy that transformed his career. Fantastic to see him. I mean, we did when he signed that year's contract, everybody, I think, will agree again to him. So everybody kind of thought he's only got that year's contract because we were that low in numbers. We didn't even have a right back at the club at the time, didn't we know, when he signed that year's deal? We didn't. We had no one, Mark. And that was, that was, it was nearly like, with the greatest respect, it was nearly a running joke that, oh, we have, oh God, they've only given Ralston the year's contract because... We don't have a right back, but as soon as we get one, he'll probably be gone next year, or they'll got, get rid of him in January or something like that. And, and it was very, and he, and he Celtic, any Celtic supporter that went, I'm delighted Ralston got a contract. I'd be very surprised. Mark, here's an interesting one uh, from the Jabba Jobbies uh, that <laughs> will be interesting to see what Andrew do with Kyogo uh, if that. and when me to sign. Anyway, I think he's. It always seems to be coming down the right hand I think side. Mark, he's, he's, he's more of a more of a an Abida yeah. or Tom Roger kind of position, rather than an oh yeah kind of free free more like not not really a no no striker kind of a thing like you know. You know? For me, it's, I mean, I don't. I think Kyogo's going to be like the middle man. I don't think there's any real doubt about that. For me, I think that if Maida signs, I think the front three is going to be Yota, Kyogo, and Maida. I think that's what the front three is going to be. Celtic play so many games. There's there's going to be chances to give guys play. There's going to be rotation. I've been able to give a guy a rest, and he said that. So, maybe in case, yeah, I'd agree with you, the front three will predominantly be like that. If he needs to give Kyogre rest and he does have to be in, it'd be great if he goes, well, I can stick him up there and I can stick a bad uh, the, the right wing. Stick Mickey Johnson in the left wing if Jota needs to pick or whoever it may be. That's, that's, that's what Ange wants. He wants that he wants that where he has two and three players for every position that he can that he can give guys rest when they need it. Because as you, you said you're more than once, how many games did they play a season? They could play, what, 60 games a season? You know, it's a lot of football. Especially playing the way we're playing, the high intensity game we're playing, the high intensity training that we're doing, and there isn't much time for rest in that. I, what about James Forrest? Do you think James Forrest got a, got a long term future itself? No, no, I don't, Mark, honestly. I, we, I, when, when myself and you were doing the podcast, a couple of weeks back, myself and you uh, spoke in the, the podcast, and I think it's it's actually frightening how many injuries he's actually picking up at the moment. You know, like small injuries, niggling injuries. And if you're going to have the likes of Abada, Yasa, Mida, if you him, Kyogo, where's James Thomas going to fit in there? Do you know? I had said to Forrest, didn't you? Like, Aida comes in, I'd say, like, your third choice, right? Really? I'd mm-hmm. Not that you see his Paul, that's if he is actually going to be fit. Exactly. Like, it is like his... Honestly, I put Forrest in the same kind of category as Big Julian. I don't know if we'll see much of him in Celtic talks going forward. No, because I, 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 any time he's come back, Mark, he's kind of lasted a game, gave, uh, half a game, and, and he's gone off on another kind of injury.
is James Forrest able to be fit enough to play under an Ange system, Mark? I don't think so. Like and we said that. Well, Baker won't have work for him, Paul. You know, like well, even Baker won't have work. I spoke about even Angie speaking again about this is how he does things. Players get injured. That's what happens. I sort this out our time. But if you're doing it, it's, it's off. I mean, Forrest missed a lot at the beginning of Ange, which he talks about as well. Players that didn't get a good pre-season, get a good run in his training regime and things like that. And maybe it's down to that, and Forrest will turn things around and come back super fit. But I just, Ange hasn't seen much of him. So Ange's got to be looking, he's, he's got to be looking at his position there long, like long term. If I can't rely on James Forrest, I need to bring in somebody that I can rely on out there. Mm-hmm. Terrence, do you want to come in? Like what I said previously, though, Mark, we said that Forrest, Jacko, and McCarthy, without repeating myself, the three guys weren't didn't do preseason training, and three guys who struggled every single time they've come back to play. Every single time they've come back to play. Now James McCarthy did play well the other night, but every time any of those players have come back into the team, it's like what Paula said: they may be last again, they may be last forty minutes, and they're gone. And it's it's no it's no coincidence that these guys weren't there for pre-season, and it's something that, that Ange has mentioned about guys struggling to get up to fitness, struggling to get up to speed. It's no coincidence that three guys that missed pre-season can't can't get fit. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, do, do you think the transition would have been as it's done as rough? Do you think the transition would have been as rough if? Like Ange took her for somebody like Brendan Rogers or even Ronnie, who was out there in his like fitness side. I think. No, no, I think um, Celtic made a big mistake, and I've said it numerous times, Mark, that if Ange was on the radar, that we're left to believe that he was on Celtic's radar well before they appointed him this season, the best time to take an Ange was after Brendan Rogers left. You know, when we had super, like they were super fit, but they were fit. And even waiting wait the six months, we Six months, yeah, and then exactly. Them, and like, then bringing because we, under Lenin, Mark, like the, the first team's fitness, I say, went back about two seasons. I mean, it's just, it just the standards went down. Like, and you've seen Westers come out from the on, like saying, oh, back to the canteen now and back to the, you know, eating uh, crap and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, that was the attitude that was there on the knee Lennon, you know what I mean? And it really, like, we saw how unfit we were going into games. 60 minute, we were, we were tired. Hanging. We were on the legs, hanging there, tens, yeah, exactly. You know? I, I actually think, lads, that even all that is, I think if Ange had even come in three months before he'd come in, mm-hmm. it would have made a difference. I understand, I, I get you, if he came in after Rodgers, definitely. But he should come in even three months before he actually appointed, that alone would have made a would have made a massive difference, because it would have given him a bit more time with players and getting players fitness up. It would have allowed him to get the guys in that he had. I mean, like I mean, he went, he went into the he went into the first game. The team he went into the first game is not even recognisable to the team the team that starts now. If everyone that's what I'm saying, like that, yeah, like when I was doing the notes, like at the start, like. We've missed three months of the summer putting all our eggs in Eddie Howe. Oh, yeah. You know I mean, that's, you know, that's it, yeah. If he was even two or three months before the time he came in, I think he would have even, he, Celtic would even be even be further ahead of where they are now. 
I, I understand something. I, would not, I wouldn't even go back as far as the Rodgers side. I literally say, he was in three, three months before the time he came in this year. I think we'd have still seen, we'd have seen massive difference in, in and, and, and the players at the start of the first game. Exactly, because like, if you look at, like, Mark, just what Terrence was saying there, like, when he came in, Gavin Strachan and John Kendi were kind of already pair, preparing the team to go down to England, to, to Wales, to do the pre-season matches. So that, like, half the players, like the Cal McGregor and them, they were still on international duty with Scotland. So they were like, a lot of these players didn't even have a pre-season with Andrew either. I mean, it was kind of a, a youth system, really, that played our, our, our pre-season, wasn't it? Uh, it was just that said, Bob's kind of basically... It's like maybe a dinner the day before pie day, Paul, isn't it? You just see what's in the freezer and stick it in the oven, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what Ange was doing, like the pre-season games and things like that. I think, but I think what that did maybe show him was how kind of into the bare bones they maybe were when it comes to the actual quality and depth of the squad. I mean, we keep going back to it. I mean, making, making a Yeti captain. Mm-hmm. That was going to get done as one of the most bizarre things ever in Celtic's history, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That'll, be a quiz, same, that'll be a quiz question in years to come. But at, but at the same time, Mark, do you think? And I would, I would think. No, I don't know the man. I don't know anything about the man. But I'm only speculating. I would think Ange is a great guy for, if you want to call it, mind games. Mm-hmm. I think he basically went to Yeti. You know, because Yeti, in fairness, the Yeti came back. He came back. He came back like a different that, person. That, that, I know he did have a few good kind of good performances. I'll give you that as well, terms. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering, was he was he basically kind of saying to Yeti, right? I'm giving you captain's armbrand. Prove me right. Prove me right that you're the guy I think you are, as opposed to previous managers who would have done the complete opposite. You know, show me how good you're. He reminds. Ange reminds me so much of a of a Martin O'Neill style manager, the way he did with like Bobby Petter and stuff. A fellow who's man, man, man management. He knows, he knows whether a player needs a boot up the backside or whether he needs a wee puddle in the mo- Do you know what? So he knows what motivates like exactly. that actual person rather than oh. work as a team. It's, he knows what to say to certain players and certain people how to treat them to get the best out of them. And, and that's, what, that's what I think. And that's why I think in the pre-season, I think he was, he was going for that with a Yeti because he obviously looked at what he had and he knew when he goes, look, I'm going to see if I can get a tune out of this guy. And that's why he made him the captain. He wanted him to lead the front and all that. So, again, that's just me. Maybe it's, it's nonsense talk, but I just I just, I just, I just think he was trying to get a tune out of the guy and try and work. Like he, of him there with Barkas and he was calling, go on, Barky, come on, Barky, save it, save it, save it. Well done, Finn, you know, he was. He gave everyone. He still didn't save it to the Sunday. But in fairness, he was. He gave everyone the chance. He gave everyone a chance. He didn't. He didn't write anyone off. He basically said, "Right, this is a fresh face. Prove, prove to me that you should be the guy that 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 that, that own or owns that jersey and should be playing for me." You know, I think. I think from a man managing point of view and all that, I think he's he, he's been fantastic. You know, and like it's like my some fellas. Some fellas, you put an arm around. Some fellas, you give a boot up the arse. As they say, a pat in the back on your foot from a kick in the arse. Like. Mm-hmm. I think it's key as well. Uh, what what V what touched on is that he doesn't come out and, and slate the players to the media. 
You know, he seems to be... I mean, that's never a good idea, is it? No, no, it's not. It's not but Terms, it's just... Terms touched on that earlier, talking about yeah. Lenny. I mean, just tell me, any manager that, that works out for coming under, coming out and basically openly slagging off any players. I mean, the, 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 I don't know what Neil Lennon's... I still don't know what Neil Lennon, what kind of reaction Neil Lennon's expecting to get there. I don't think mm-hmm. it'll be behind closed doors. I think it would be closed doors. I think it should be kept in the dressing room or like on the training ground or the tactics room or whatever they sort out this stuff. But managers should never come out and. That's never going to work out for you. We probably all play the bit. We probably all play the bit of ball or sport, whatever it would be. And you're inside the dressing room. The manager lets flies and he might let fly if you've done something or the other guy's done something or the other guy's done something. Well, he's outside. He's outside in front of a handful of people that are watching the game. Even if you put it back to your kind of work levels, right? We've all made mistakes at work that you deserve to get balled out for. But you wouldn't stone. I know it's a bit different for Danny in the press, but you wouldn't stone there and get balled out in front of somebody. You let your manager ball you out in front of like folk under you, or folk that you work with. If you took into the office with the wine balled out there and tell to pull your socks up and don't let it happen again. Exactly, exactly, and it just, it just, it just showed, it just showed, like from. That happened. We all knew the season was kaput. And then a lack of respect. Terms really when you think about it. It's, 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 the manager man- got to respect the players as much as the players respect the manager. And if a manager oh, yeah. coming out in the media and slagging off players, the players are just losing all respect for him because then they don't know. But what's he, what's he going to say next? Am I getting to blame it next week? Mm-hmm. Big time. He's just a uh, jabber of jobs. You asked a question earlier, Paul. I've been up for it. Another thing, lads, the potential signings we hope to make are all small fellas. You think the lack of height we'll have would go against us? You've spoken about this before, Paul, with scale, sir. I'll let you handle that one. I think it is. Um, and we have kind of Shaw there as well, who kind of is a big lad. We have your Heedy. But it's, it's one of the smallest. Um, Celtic size mark I've seen rather than scales is the biggest in the squad uh, next to Joe Hart is a 6'4 Vickers and, and things are 6'2 6'3 they're, they're not the biggest but certainly against against defensive teams mark I think scales has to play not just for his teams but just, just for physical presence in the air. Uh, I've said that to as well. For set, uh, set pieces at either end of the park, he adds a physical, big, big strong man into both base equations there. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is one of the... I think, Mark, going back to being kind of one of the smallest teams, like you you could throw that back then at, uh, at Starfield, the way... He gets in, into a good challenge, and like we spoke in that, we're not going to criticise for one game, but it's two games in a row now. He's come up against a physical forward, and Starfeld's kind of lost control of his own game. Then, do you know what I mean? So, do we need more physical players in the team? But are they, are they kind of players that Ange wants? You know, does he want physical players, Mark, who maybe aren't able to run the way he wants them? Do you know what I mean? Are you even got back to like. I don't like talking about them, but like the great Barcelona teams, Paul, when they were all the wee kind of guys. That's what I'm saying, yeah. They always still had a bit of muscle in defence that could. You know what I mean? 
like gave height and muscle into defending corners and set pieces plus up the other end they were a danger at corners. Yeah, you, you had it like the, you had it like the PK and, and Payul in, in their day, Mark, who were like Payul wasn't the biggest centre back, Mark, but he was tough. No, that's you know.
Jake Camarcus is only 6.1. So he's not really, and I can see what Bestie's saying, like he's not really a Sutton and, and Van Hesley kind of a, a forward either. Do you know what I mean? You know? Go back to your point there, Mark, about breaking down the sides. Like, if you looked at, for me, the pace of play against Livingston at home, the pace of play against St Mirren the other night, and then compare that to the pace of play against St John's, it's the ball was the ball was moved so quick against St Johnson on a terrible pitch. It was it was a lot of quick passing, quick moving, quick everything. Against St Mirren there the week before, and against Livingston when we drove it home, it was so pedestrian. It was mm-hmm. little side to side. Fellas were taking two and three touches, then passing it, then two or three touches and passing it. The one thing I against St Johnson, the ball was so quick, so quick. In between players, and like there was on numerous occasions where guys were were on the left wing or the right wing, like with the first goal, it was a brilliant by McCarthy. The ball was whipped out. Then it was it was one. It was whipped out to, to Juranovic. He put in a fantastic ball. Jot his blade or uh, sorry, not Jot. A bad is blazing through the middle. He puts a great save. He follows it up. But I just think we moved the ball so much quicker against against. Uh, St. Johnson, and when we do it against teams that try pass the bus, and we can, we they they can't miss. The problem is for me is when we slow down and we go to their level, we allow them to go back and just, they just sit inside their own box and they'll defend it all day. So I'd say if we were there to, to low, we wouldn't have scored against St. Mary the way we were playing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mark, like we spoke about that, like there was kind of a lot of times this season, there was kind of similarities to last season, too slow, pedestrian, something like what, what Terence was saying there. You know, and if we did, if we did play our game, we should be, we should be breaking down these teams. Do you know what I mean? That's how, that's how probably we should be. If I get fully, for me, I just I say a fully fat team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the players like Bogic, Kyogo, Yota. Do you know what? If these players like can. Like produce a wee bit, of, a wee bit of something different. Kyogre's the key, Mark. When Kyogre isn't kind of playing, like, but a bad and fairness to him, like he, he got his mojo back the other day, like, and he provided some kind of speed up front and stuff like that. But when Kyogre's really not the team, it's it's not as a high tempo as when he is in the no, team, isn't I he? I think I want to see him running decent in the ball with the defenders in that. I think that's a, a big, big part of Celtic's game plan then as well. 
Kyle goes, no, there to do that show, but maybe Disney, like high press, whatever you want to call it, Disney work as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, so like, like with the upcoming uh, transfer window and stuff like that, like we're expecting players to come in and we're expecting players to leave. Like, are you optimistic about the season ahead? Of, it's only six points, Mark. It's like six points. It's not with the amount of derbies coming up. There's three derbies still to play. You know, no, six, six points is nothing, Paul. When you're sitting here half, halfway through the season. We've seen bigger turnarounds than that over the years, so six points difference doesn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. If we can get players, the players that we've spoke about, if we can get the kind of players in and get everybody fit. Or start, I know John John's been on going on about it and that, but oh, he's, he's a treble, but I, well, I think we'll still win the league, honestly, Dave. If we can get players, new players in in January, get over this kind of injury crisis, I still think we'll win the league. Mm-hmm. I've said to you as well, Paul, even if we do get back into a kind of lockdown scenario where there's no fans uh, 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 We've heard young Morrison on his move to Bar Munich that Celtic didn't really have a pathway. Another young prospect, young Ben Ayou, who signed by Brendan Rodgers from Ipswich, said that Brendan Rodgers at the time had no time for any U players and really used U players getting into his first team and that hindered his progress at Celtic. Last season we saw the same with Lee Yen with broken promises to young Dembele, who was now out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, this year on the Ange, we've seen progress in young players being given the chance and due to injuries in the squad and haven't any senior players left in the team. We saw young players like Adam Montgomery, Owen Morfess, Mickey Johnson, Ozari Uhidi, Dean Shaw, Joey Dawson, Stephen Welch, Uden Henson, Toby Alawebi, Dean Murray, Dean Dukak and Ryan Mullen all getting their chance in the first team or even being in the first team match day squad. Mark, like, I know we have injury crisis and, uh, and and stuff like that, but not even with the injury crisis, we're, we're constantly seeing young players even on the bench uh, getting the experience of, of a of first team benefits. Like, it, it's it's really been impressive by Ange the way he's kind of using our, our young players at the moment. Again, Paul, but is it because he's wanted to do that? Is it because he's been forced to do it? Oh, that's like saying he's been forced to do it. Oh, like, but, sure. Do you know what I mean? But it's the benefits, Mark, of having... Oh, well, benefit the young players have been about the first-team squad and even getting the odd chance in the game and that kind of thing. But I still don't... I think, actually, again, Paul, it's just the injury problems that we're having, the size of squad we've got that he's been... But you go back to... You go back to previous seasons, Mark, right? And if we had this injury crisis, right, and we had to use these players, right, and they weren't getting any games at reserve level because there was no reserve leagues there, these players wouldn't be able to even run on the pitch, I say, in, in previous seasons. Like, so we're, we're seeing the benefits of a proper structure within the club that this seems to kind of some pathway. And I think that it, it, it will continue to answer that we see young players on the bench. I hope you know? it does. I really hope it does. 
I mean, I've for long enough, and I'm doing my job. I've been keeping young players off out the first team squad and even on the bench, Paul. But I mean, I don't, if, uh, McCarthy's start, if it's said, I've said it before, I think with three, mid, the three midfielders should be McCarthy, Edgar, and Rogic. But Beaton's earned his place to be that backup now, do you know what I mean? Whereas before, for me, he hadn't earned that. So I get, did give him a bit of pelters for just hanging about the club, lifting a wage and how it was affecting young players' progression. But he's probably a better player now than with the young central midfielder. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've got to look at it as that. You can't just put them on the bench because they're young players. They've got to be better than the players that, whether it's through injury or that, of course, but whether you're not going to drop beating for somebody at 19 year old just because other players 19 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terence, want to come in? Like Mark said, it's it's great to see as well, Paul. I mean, I thought young Dawson the other night. Mm-hmm. I thought, but there's an option there. You want about very unlucky, to, very unlucky not to score. And like he looked a tall lad. He looks certainly like six foot plus. He six foot. Yeah, but he looks. But he he had nice touch about him. He had nice movement. He was very unlucky to score. I think the keeper got a strong hand, and it was the only thing that kept it out. Obviously, the defender but it was able to get back it off the line. But it was, it was nice. It was nice. Guy like that, and it must be nice to pinch. If I am okay, you don't need that lad into the big game, but he was able to do a job for Ange the other night, and it can only help young lads develop and confidence and get more confident. And it's like I said, the majority of times, Paul, you're going to be starting your, your main guys, but you know, there might be two or three of them there that if you did need them, like Montgomery, he'd have to boil a little bit. He had a couple of great games. I, I remember particularly he had a great game when he came on against AZ Alkmaar in the, in the qualifiers, the Europa League qualifiers. I thought it was a cracking game over there, I think it was. And you know, so Stephen Welch has obviously stepped into the market. He's become more and more of a, of a, of a player if you see him. So it, it, it's, it's great that there's going to be certainly two or three of the guys there that, you, that Ange can and can buy in if he needs them. You know what I mean? And that, that, that can only be good for Celtic, good for Ange and, and the team. Mm-hmm. Would, you say any, would you say, Paul, Terms, would you say that any young lads that have come in and had a bit of Have you seen, would you say any was actually grabbed it with the stuff of the neck? I mean, Dawson done all right, but to be quite honest, I thought that was a bit of pure misterms. Should have scored that goal the other day. Well, yeah, I, I think, Mark, I think the keeper, the, the key, they said Johnson keeper had a stormer, to be fair. You mean, I mean, you, I, I, I know there you're saying he should have scored. But, you know, you could revert it and say, well, a bad and missed three or four great chances, but the keeper makes three or four great saves. I think the keeper, I, I think, for me, I think the young lad made a great run. Fair enough, maybe he might have been a bit more clinical. I think the keeper got hand in it, Mark, you know what I mean? I mean and, I'm talking about just uh, how would I put it, the difference in how would perceive it, how would, how, I think the difference terms for what we're saying about the I had a good performance, but if that goal would have been in, would have been saying, oh, he's done really well, he's took together. I mean, he'd have, a wee bit better, to get, I don't know how you put any words, I'm not trying to run the lad down, I'm trying to talk about how different, if that goal would have been in, which I think he should have scored, but how different it would be, how he would talk about his overall performance. And the perception would be completely different. If he scores the goal, there's a big perception and going, oh, first game scored, that'd be a good thing. I was yeah, looking at the skills when he came on and scored the goal. Everybody was raving. Do you get what I mean? For a few days, everybody was raving about him. And that's one of the guys that I've actually, I think, Hughes just came in and took his, took his chance well. 
I tell you, when he played out, out on the left side the other night, he put in some balls. True. His cross scales, his crosses when he was on the left hand side there when he was further up, he really he really whipped in some fantastic balls. In, I thought. I don't think he thought he really went well the other night again. And I think it's down to the more game time he plays, the more comfortable he starts to feel. I'd say in that setup, you know what I mean. And the more he becomes becomes accustomed. Uh, I do. They made it would force Ange to make a choice. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they, uh, young Dawson has come in and made done anything really to make Ange think, right, I can maybe rely on him. I mean, the guys only had a, only played a full game and I'm slagging him off, really sorry about that. But I'm just talking about how young players they, can, they need to come in and grab the opportunity. Because Celtic have got money to spend if they don't grab their opportunities. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to get at. You're kind of looking at it from the point of view of if you look at young Dawson and say a bad his first three or four games, everyone was like, "Oh my God, he's unbelievable." So I, I, I get, I get, I get where you're coming from the, the the view of young Dawson and say the view of a bad who's nineteen or twenty and that first in the first game or two a bad has stood out a mile. I, I suppose I just meant that if touch wood it doesn't occur, but if Celtic were in a dire crisis and we were saying we don't have a striker. At least we know that young lad could do a kind of a job for us if we were needed. That's all. I'm, that's all I would say. Aye, I get you now. Aye. You know, I was, I was not running the lad down. No, I mean he's only eighteen years old. They didn't even see him playing a full game. I, just, I thought he could have done better with a goal right enough. But that's me just being pernickety, probably. Who's impressed you so far, like from 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 the the youth system? Who's really kind of stepped up and and taken his chance? Would would it be Young Welch? I will say Welsh. Even Montgomery, when I've seen him, mm-hmm. Montgomery's been a bit unlucky, you know, when he gets some weird game time Paul. Because mm-hmm. again, he's never really, he never really let us down. He put in some good performances in Europe and that as well, didn't he? So I'd say Montgomery as well. Two for me would be Welsh and Montgomery as well. The only thing I would say in the Montgomery one is, I think they need to quite I'm not sure as he would be left foot. Myself, I think he's probably better further up the pitch. If I don't think they wait, they, they, they can work full. But Montgomery, his only career counts as a striker. Yeah, I heard that. When he first came to Celtic, yeah, he was a striker. So maybe he kind of playing the role that Scales played the other night on, on, on the left wing, kind of a, playing just behind the batter and, and getting up in front of a batter would kind of, would kind of suit Montgomery more than, than an out and out left back. I just think I just think in one or two of the games, now you know I, you can point it out, but I know certainly in the one or two of the European games, is, I think the table roasted for for the game. No, mm-hmm. I know team did, but there's one or two occasions where he's he hasn't had the best game in best game at, at full back, but again that's a very pushed up a little bit further than the full-back goal than me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, one player that that I, I I expect would have been called up to the to the first team if it wasn't true of injury would, would be the young lad Bosman Law. He would have been definitely called up and I, I would like to see him. But uh, I'd like to see more of a Ozara or a Heedy Mac. I think he, he was speaking about a physical presence in the team. Uh, but I, he has a physical presence, Mark, that 
that that, that could be badly needed for Celtic in, in, in these coming games as well. And he's another one that's not really what he's doing either, Paul. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a physical presence, but I mean, Ralston's not, you know what I mean? Ralston's no, Ralston's a big lumpy boy as well, which, I don't, and it seems to be all right, mere like defending the ball, Paul, but do you know how Ralston can be a bit soft when he's getting forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny, funny, funny thing about that lad, though, Paul, if you're saying that you're a giddy fella, the problem is he's the right full. Is he going to play ahead of Ralston? Is he going to play ahead of Juranovic? Probably no. And no, he's definitely one for this. Like, Ange came out, because myself and Mark were questioning this, and Ange came out and said, look, these lads are, were signed as prospect signings. Like, they're, they're ones for the future. But that's right. I, at the moment, I think it's a great time to be a young lad at Celtic at the moment having a manager like Ange that's going to bring these lads in around the first team have them train with the first team and I think we we spoke about it before Mark like we, we didn't know what to take of, of, of the Colts League when it was starting up but it has been a big benefit to Celtic this season that our young players are getting first team football well, you know? uh, it's obviously been a bit of good Paul I mean as I said I wasn't a great fan yet. I didn't see any kind of uh, Really, any closing joining it, but eh, uh, even if it is just keeping them fit and getting them playing competitive games, I suppose then you've got to say it's been a bit of, been a success. I think that's what it's kind of been about, Mark, is that a young players getting kind of competitive football rather than playing kind of non non competitive matches, really, or no matches at all. You know, and that it just shows the benefits, Mark, that when the young players are called into the first team. That their face, like the Colts team now is playing the exact same system as what Ange is playing in the first team. So you can see the benefits of having Ange at the club now. And that's why I think it's actually a benefit to our club that for any young player, like it, it is an exciting time, I think, to be at Celtic rather than other years that we we, we previous managers who had no interest in, in the youth system. You know? What happens if Ange leaves that pull? That's what I'm saying, yeah. That, that, that's that's going to come down, Mark, to that's how I keep the ball. Down. That's get, how I keep get, down. Get down get football. You know, that's coming down to I mean, if somebody comes that in they come up with the modern game, yeah. I, I mean, the fans leave then and the next guy comes in and all these averages that thought start started again. Is this not what the Gordon Strachan is kind of doing to the, for the board at the moment, kind of Getting the structure in place, doing recommendations to them. Gordon Strang can't still be there, Paul. Don't know, yeah. It was only meant to be for a three month consultancy thing. That must be well earned done by now. And I've heard nothing about it, Mark. I had nothing what he's been done or. There was a non story, Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody sees eyes come in. Oh, the, and they know people on Twitter, Strang's coming in, then he's going to get named director of football, and he's going to get this, and he's going. If it's still what we've done, D, doing, doing a bit of consultancy work for Celtic, sir. And that was months ago, so he must have done his job and bought it. Got a nice pay package, I say, Mark. Aye, huh? aye, definitely went a good bit richer than. But, but you, you, you've raised a good point. Like, get a new iPad, Mark, you, you've raised a good point that one of the fans don't leave. What happens to the Celtic with our players? Are we going to go back to 
square one where we're going to get a manager who wants to spend what, what, what happened what, for anything Paul yeah. I've said it before on the podcast once again I've seen to have put all their eggs in one basket mm-hmm. one basket of sand but what, I mean what happens if what happens if fans decides at the end of the season he doesn't want to hang about obviously that's got but they've got to you've got to think of these kind of possibilities that's what I'm saying yeah. if we don't win the league do the fans turn on and you want them out the door did the board say that's no good enough and want him out the door? Then we're back to square one. We need director of football, we need the recruitment. The scouting, again, the scouting since the hobby coming through, Angie's contacts and Celtic and their usual contacts. Sir. There's nothing, to, I mean, JFP's on the charm seat. That's the last of when he's available for a podcast because I know he, JFP's into all this stuff and that. Nothing's changed behind the scenes, Paul. We'll talk and about I know, I know you're going to go on about that, but still, I've said it for the last few weeks mm-hmm. as well. We've got to kind of, because we fell into this trap under Lil. I used to talk about Lil on the forum and things that he was doing behind the scenes and how he was dominating the football department and all that. People said, oh, it was sewer grapes. How can you moan when we're winning seven, eight, and nine titles in a row and stuff like that? But look where we end up. Look where we end up. That's what's overshadowing the market at the minute. <laughs> if, if we were in the same position as we were in last year, everything off the pitch would be brought to the fore. It's the fact that Celtic are doing well on the pitch. And you're not allowed to talk about it there because, because everything's gone all right on the pitch and oh, you're just moaning for the sake of moaning. But we've seen where we ended up when it all went tits up the last time under when it went low. And in fact, for one reason or another, isn't he there in a year, six months, 18 months? What happens to Celtic then? I fully agree, and that's just probably that's the problem. It's a, the situation that Celtic are in now with Ange and with the team, winning the, winning the first trophy, football stadium full every week. It, it's completely overshot enough off the pitch. Like there's no, and hasn't brought anyone to my to our, to to my knowledge that he hasn't brought in anyone better than maybe the sports science guy, but he hasn't brought in any, his own assistant. All the stuff off the field, as you said, the director of football. There's no sign of it. The head of recruitment, there doesn't seem to be much of that. Everything like head of head of head of stroke sports science stroke. Everything seems to be and 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 it's like what you said. It's understand what the league. Someone down the Premier League doesn't go. Oh, we'll definitely go. He has, a, and he's a good eye. For, he's a good eye for talent. He's after getting this guy, this guy, and this. Guy. We'll go for him. And it, and it, like, who's to say that he's supposed to know That's a dream for me to go to the Premier League. I'm not saying he would. I'm not saying he wouldn't. But like, then all of a sudden we go back. And, okay, where do we go to? Where do we go for manager? Or where do we go for this? Or where do we go for that? And it's a it's a huge risk that's been taken. It seems like the topic as well. Like, of course, Michael Nixon was was appointed a uh, full time Celtic CEO. Uh, but Mark like, is still concerned, and like, like we've still heard nothing from Nicholson himself the way he wants the club to go going forward. But what is there only going to be new appointments going forward? Like, it seems to be an ongoing silence. At the club and, and the issues you're raising there, like director of football and Ange's own coaches and, and stuff like that, like 
moving hold, the hold clubbing. On, hold on two seconds, Paul. Terms, do you want to hang up, bud, and I'll call you back on this? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Right, on you go, Paul. Sorry, Terms, he's... Sounds went a wee bit wonky there. It's concerning, man, like that. Just still no word from a new CEO, like, you know, and I'm led to believe that Ian Banker has a lot of strength in this boardroom act since Peter Lord left, and maybe he's putting the strings at the club at the moment, and is Nick Sling going to fall as a puppet to Ian Banker going forward? I, I'd like your opinion on that. I've heard, I've heard the same kind of thing, Paul, about Banker, but... I've not been impressed with Banker being a bit of a dodgy old man, maybe honest, Paul. No, I don't. I, I get, I get the pink mark. Like, obviously, if you if you put Dominic McKay thing into thing, like, I think Banker's position came under threat by him. It's funny. Look at that Banker, maybe. Yeah, and it's been him and Lowell that's been the kind of main men. Aye, whereas for yeah. years, we're kind of yeah. thought, well, I thought that Lowell kind of just wanted to sell people to be honest, Paul. Mm-hmm. His ego, well, what thing, but well, say, goes. But again, we spoke about what the actual roles of these people in football boards and that is. And I suppose the chairman has got to put that power in there as well, sir. I mean, maybe it's the day to day running. It's the day to day running of the club, Mark. Like, thank you. It's been too much. Thank you, Aaron. Whoever the CEO is, I'll be, you'll be, you know, the day to day running. But I, I, I said, I just always felt as if Lowell was maybe the kind of big bully in the room, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's for a bit. Maybe that's the kind of impression bankers want to give you that he's a kind of, an old kind of grandpa kind of figure. But there's still the exact same problem in the boardroom for me because there's nothing changed apart from No, the I think back, as, as, as long as Banker and the, the, the lad Wilson uh, are still there, like, Nothing's ever going to change yourself, Dick. And I, that's why I think appointing within in, in Nicholson is another way of them of gaining the control they have over the club because I I think Nicholson is just going to be a yes man to them. is going to be a, maybe a puppet to, to back you on that. Again, Paul, it shouldn't matter who your CEO is if you've got a director of football and they're running the football side of things. Yeah, but do they... That, 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 that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Does... does, does does maybe the lads want that, Mark? The likes yeah, of Banker and stuff
We just need to get this sorted out once and for all and have some kind of people working behind the scenes that have got a long-term future for Celtic. And no, just like, our our plans only last for as long as we've got this manager slash head coach in charge and then once they go, we'll just change everything again. Mm -hmm. That's the the, the problem, like, that Nixon hasn't come out and said anything, Mark, do you know what I mean? Look at Man United, Paul. Shambles. Manny, probably the biggest club in the world, arguably the biggest club in the world, and they're a complete shambles behind the scenes because for years it's been just money men making making the football decisions. It never, never, ever works. It won't stay if that happens. And and, and does not strike me as a man that is going to sit idly by and let certain individuals who don't know the football dictate to him player and point that player you should buy this player you should buy that player and he doesn't strike me as that type of individual and I think if the board whoever it may be Ian Banky or Nichols or then go down that road with Ange Ange would be the kind of guy that you go look thanks but no thanks and he, he'll leave because Ange does not strike me as the kind of guy that you're going to you're going to you're going to treat him like that and get away with it they're, they're besties we'll say Nichols and Stolo came out and said anything to the fans but that's what I'm saying, Mark. Even at the even at the AGM, it was Banker that controlled it. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's when I start thinking, is Banker now the main man at the club, Mark? Do you get me? You know, uh, and well, that, he's kind of pulled rank. Yeah. I mean, really, as I mean, more kind of a senior because he's at the club longer, Mark. He's kind of the most plus, senior plus at the club, is it? Plus, he has the actual chairman of the board, which he runs the actual board. Even when Peter Law was there, like, guys that. Better known to mean business when it comes in. He's high power business meetings. The chairman, he he runs the show in that boardroom. Even though probably Pierre Lowe's the most influential, powerful man in the room. But maybe Bankier just, as you say, it's probably maybe just his fancy taking on. I can run run this full shebang myself. Yeah, it's frightening. It's frightening. It's frightening, Mark. That uh, being a Celtic supporter, like, and and if we're if our club is going to go down that road and not bringing anyone in to 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 run the club in the football way and have relying on the likes of Bankier running the club, like, we're we're in a long way to go back before we see changes at Celtic. I think. I've, I've even joked to you as well, Paul, what about Ange becoming like our director of football in two years or something like that, which <laughs> for me would be ideal the way you know how he wants to plan things. But I'm sure Chief even came out and said that was the plan. Angie's going to be running things in the next two years. Just transforming the club. Two years, Angie will take up the director of football role. Like Manchester United with uh, the Farah I, I, I just show some kind of forward planning. That there's people in the club that are looking further forward in this season. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, Mark. It just seems to be season after season, or we see how we get on and we'll take it to the next step, maybe. Another time, you know, we just concentrate on something else this time, you know. But I it means it came out that first press conference with the Don Vagina or we modernising the club, we'll be doing this, we'll be doing We've done nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing apart from the sports science guy. I mean, I've appointed a sports science guy, which, I mean, should we really be celebrating the Celtics of a point at a top sports science guy, Paul? No, should have been there already. Yeah. Got a given for a club your size, Paul. Mm-hmm. I've not got what's happening. I mean, 
I think it's down to Ange again, Mark, and this is this is going to be instead of Ange concentrating on getting our players match fit during the, the winter break and, and stuff like that, he's going to be sitting around the table with transfer targets with the fucking with likes of Nicholson and Banker. Well, it shouldn't be his job. No, he should have an input. I should have an input, input. No, definitely, but it shouldn't be. Even right, I fear, dude. Every manager's allowed to pick their own players. A couple. Do you get what I mean? But see it done in England and places like managers players follow managers about their favourite players and that a manager's allowed to have a, a good input on who you're signing especially if he's got the kind of experience in that uh, that Angie's got but somebody else is still going to be looking at signings that are going to see what I'm talking about you set up players that are going to be exactly. in, two, in two years time but even, but even like but even if, even if the board and the powers to be came out and gave an explanation as to why there aren't these people in place, it makes sense what people want, but at least it's some kind of information. If they came out and they said, well, the reason we don't have director of football is this, or the reason we don't have whoever it is, the head scout in at the minute is this, at least they, I'm not saying it would solve the problem, but at least if they were able to give some information to the fans and support and say these are the reasons why these positions haven't been filled yet. It's 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 rank amateur. Don't get me wrong, but at least it would be it would at least fans would have something to go on. They may not agree with it, but at least it's something. Whereas at the minute it's just like it's just like this is this is laughable. Like this was like Celtic running to the director of football back in the Eddie Howe, the Eddie Howe point there was another fellow from the point to be confused. Was coming in, like how far back is that? Like? So that's that's what that's what I would say. I, I would I would like them if if they're not going to do it, or if they have a if they have a timeline to say, well, we're going to do this at the end of the season. We spoke to Ange, and Ange is happy enough to continue with this or whatever way. As I said, it most the people like, but at least if they came out and were able to explain the situation, they might have shed some light on it. At the minute, it's just complete in the dark, like realistically. The, the club haven't really ever come up and said they wanted director of football, have they, Mark? Yeah, it was kind of all kind of kind of fans, really, shouldn't one? Well, which is probably meant to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. Mm-hmm. Every club in the world, every big club in the world, the people above the head coach and the manager that are looking after the long-term future of the club. You go to Man City, in places like that, Man City, every transfer doesn't rely on Pep. Every transfer didn't rely on Klopp at Liverpool. Look at what I keep coming back to Ajax, so you've got Van der Sar and, and Mark Overmars. One's the chief executive and one's the uh, sport director. Other clubs, mm-hmm. other clubs managers leave and they don't fall apart because they've got these people behind the scenes. People see Brendan Rodgers couldn't work with a director of football. Well, they wanted John Kennedy to get the job, plus Leicester's had a director of football for years. Mm-hmm. I can't even mind his name off the top of my head, but he's working under sure. a director of football who's sure. doing at Leicester. I'm sure he's working at Liverpool as well, Mark, to be fair. There's no way he didn't have a director of football when he was a Liverpool manager. No, they had a, a committee. I did a kind of committee. That, he was part of the committee. They had a committee to decide on transfers and that for them to. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I mean... Yeah, well, but, 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 
the manager like there's still, there's still people above the manager that are they're involved in making decisions it's not just all the one guy like we we seem to have left it with Ange like shockingly uh, Lula on, on the chat there says John Duncan Ange should have the last say on player recruitment really he he picks the team uh, like, that's what we're saying like that Ange should have have an input uh, in the players like but Ange shouldn't be spending his whole Winter break chasing players either, Mark. Like that's the kind of point no, we're making. Like he shouldn't be no, chasing should the be, players. Like that I should be. He should have his own pool and look. I think we need X X type of player. Need somebody to do this job, and then he'll probably have his own ideas of players. But go and look other guys. Go and look at the, the kind of play, look at the players that like the actual stats in that throw up pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, look at all the different players that are available for that position, and then decide between them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so should Neil Lennon just have every every final seal on who Celtic were signing? That mm-hmm. was like a disaster than it was with him and Lowell being the joke. I don't think Lennon had any saying whatsoever, Celtic Max. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing about it. Peter Lowell was running, he was doing the job as a director of football to be qualified to get. Mm-hmm. Even going down to. Come on, Terry, sorry. When you look at the likes of St. Man City and a guy like the manager of the quality of Pep Guardiola, you're guaranteed the guy, there's a guy above him and Guardiola saying, look, I need, as you as Mark is saying, we are we're struggling, I need you to go and look and get me centre-back or a full-back or a left-wing or whatever. And I'm sure you might come back and go, look, we, these are guys we've been looking at and Guardiola might have a few guys in mind as well. And they'll go Beggar a Steen or something it is. Don't get I see the teams like Man City, I think they brought all the Barcelona people with them terms. Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. yeah. A, a, maybe Pep's a bit of a bad example of that, but is it still is it all that team? But it's still people doing job that doing the job that Pep shouldn't be doing. He's there to win them trophies and be the team on the park and let the rest of them concentrate on the next signings, the next window. Yeah, but what I, what I, I suppose what I, what I was meaning by it, Mark, is you have a fellow like Guardiola, who was manager in Barcelona, who was manager in Bayern Munich, who was manager in Man City, and it pretty much probably in every one of those stages, there's there's the person, there's the there's the director of football or whatever they want the, the terminology they want to use that's in place in those clubs that's there to work with the manager, that's there to help the manager. Basically, you manage a team, I'll do the rest of this. And we, we'll work between the two of us and you tell me what you need and I'll go get it and we'll go, go through it we'll discuss it and if he's the guy you want we'll go get him and this is, this is kind of stuff whereas the Celtic it's like Ange I need X, Y and Z alright I better go and sort it out myself like it's Ange aye, aye, identified aye, aye, exactly Ange has identified these guys in, in Japan and he's also he was talking about the young some young lad in, in is it Iran Iranian lad, some young lad who's supposed to be a fantastic young player that obviously no one would look at because it's out that type, that neck of the world. But they, you know, he has to he has to juggle that, juggle the team, juggle all the other stuff that he it's been thrown at him. While while it sh- it should it shouldn't be, but at the same time, yet said turn around and say we should be Champions League. We should well, you should be if you if you can't you can't run an organization properly. Your heart, you know what I mean. You're, you're never going to be at that level. As I said, you look at Overmars and and and, and those lads, and you, you look at me. Look at the top clubs, Munich, 
Look at Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea make things. Chelsea change their manager. The Arsenal collapse really. Chelsea every time they change their manager. Because because as you said, the structures in place. Right. It's like it's like you know yeah. I play a certain way. It doesn't. They could be a new manager every month, but the team will play the exact same way. This is the way we play. Now, yeah, sport. If the sporting director or director of football is in place, and the whole, the, basically the whole the whole structure of the house is in place. If they happen to that the chimney falls off, the chimney falls off. In Celtic, what happens is the house falls down. That's the difference, you know. And and until, until they rectify that, it, it they're, they're, we're, I think Celtic will get in the way of it because they're doing well on the pitch. If they weren't doing well on the pitch, they'd be. They'd, I think they'd be carnage like it was last season. Mm-hmm. They really do the way the way that order running it off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. We, we could talk about the board all night, and we spoke about the, the Celtic board numerous times during the podcast. As the JFP said, 64 podcasts we were discussing this exact same thing, Mark, when we had JFP uh, uh, on the podcast last. Uh, so, with COVID cases on a rapid rise in the SBL, the winter break has become already this season. Celtic were one of the first clubs to put, put it through to the SBL about an early winter break. Two clubs voted against the winter break. So Celtic's next game will be on the 17th of January at home to Hibs. Uh, do, you, do you agree with the winter break? Or are, are you going to be a fan behind the closed doors if it's possible uh, going forward? Mark, you said something to me last week. Uh, do I think the, the standards would slip if, if we went behind uh, closed doors because many Celtic fans believe that having no fans in the stadium last season had a major effect on this Celtic team. Do, do you want to just go through that remark? Like, do, like, I know it was, it was a factor last season, but there were just so many factors last season, Mark, that affected this Celtic team. And I don't think it'd be an issue this season, Mark, with Andrew Celtic oh, manager for his play behind closed doors. Actual levels of professionalism that are that high again, as we spoke about, Paul. You look at players like Joe Hart, Callum McGregor, they're experienced. Think Callum McGregor would want to get through another season like last season. Mm-hmm. Guys like Rogic, the experience here, Kyogo. Just, I, I, I don't, I just think a lot of Celtic supporters think this is a bit of an excuse for last season, to be honest, Paul. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, the players come out and they say, oh, the atmosphere in Celtic Park, it's one of the best in the world, etc., etc. But other players come out and see, as soon as that final went, as soon as that first whistle goes, I don't hear what the fans are singing. If you ask a player about the abuse they take on a part, Paul would say, oh, I don't hear that. But you can hear somebody singing your name. It just it depends what question you ask them, they're trying to answer. And I, I just I think a lot of Celtic fans are, are using that as a bit of an excuse for last season's meltdown. But mm-hmm. if we go back into that scenario, they were playing behind closed doors. I just I don't see the, the standards slipping to the extent that they did last year. I, to me, it's not really that big a deal, really, Paul. I don't think. Terence, Joe obviously, I spoke to uh, on Discord about it. Like your big believer that this COVID uh, winter break had to come in because of rising cases when the, the game. Yeah, and and the 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 thing about it, Paul, is it's this is. The rising rising cases and, and, and coming in, to me, it has nothing to do with it. It's the health. 
It's the health of the spot on players. It's not the day with football, you know what I mean? It's a bigger picture. It's about people's health. You know, you won't have you won't the odd idiot like this particular idiot on 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 the sort of chance that was on the weekend saying, Oh, we should be playing behind closed doors. That might have something to do with the fact of who he supports and the fact that they were playing Aberdeen and Celtic away in the next two games. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that, that for their parents uh, they vote no against it because Celtic at the moment are so ravaged with injuries and if it was behind closed doors that, that that's why they want they, they, they voted against uh, the, the winter break being taken early. Paul, what team would vote for the winter break not to occur, to occur but they've called off Celtic B match because they want because of fans not being left at the game, yeah. Now, like, like I mean, you know, you can you can piss in my head, but don't tell me it's raining. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's just nonsense. Like, I mean, the bottom line for it's a health. This is a this is a health situation. Take focus. Like, the bottom line is Celtic Celtic could go back and they could all go back in the first stage that you mentioned there, and there still might be no fans in the stadium. So it is. It, yeah, look, it's it's very timely that for Celtic because they've had lads have come down with COVID and they've had a lot of injuries. From that side of it, yeah, is it timely for Celtic? But is is that is that is that a reason for it to be called off? No, it's not. The reason it's to be called off is because you look at you look at for argument's sake, we're here in Ireland and it's nine thousand, eleven thousand, ten thousand cases a day. In England, it's probably 70. 80,000. I don't know. I've seen figures like 70,000. Crazy figures. Mm. That's, that's the important side of it. Try, because, like Ange said, and the interview asked him the question, as he said, he doesn't like He doesn't mind if it's all the away fans. He, want, he wants to see fans back to the stadium. He said, if it, if it means that in two months' time or whatever it is, that they can get even half the stadium, then he's delighted for it. Like, it may be a case that it isn't. There is there's no fans back at the stadium, and hopefully it's by that stage, that uh, this this variant has has kind of deteriorated and it allows people to get back to living some kind of a normal life again. That's that's the most important thing. And look, people are back in the stadium, great. If they're full stadium, great. Half stadium, whatever. But, but they're going to go back to playing at that stage. So it, it, look, this is more of a health thing than than a football thing. And anyone that thinks anyone that thinks otherwise, they have to brain cells to be fair. I, I, I'm just surprised they haven't asked for this, uh, the season to be finished. <laughs> you know? Oh, there has been, uh, been hinting about it, Paul. Jesus Christ. I've seen, I've seen some stuff on social media and I've asked Jane about it. Mm-hmm. I've got 100% returns. He's saying this is bigger than football. They're Mikey. Well, I mean, even the day on the forum when I put up, I said it's about Mikey and that. But still folk try to post up saying that. Listen, that about Nicola Sturgeon, this Nicola Sturgeon, that. Nicola Sturgeon taking advice off guys that are brainier than us, Paul, and no more about this than people like us. Do you know what? I, don't, I mean, they're nearly us, I don't know, who looks as biochemists or something. They're nearly us, we've been got to take this kind of advice. It's mm-hmm. just putting your nose out of joining that one. Just deal with that. You've just got to deal with that. The only reason Mark Day didn't agree with this is because Celtic came up with the first and Celtic were exactly, the first club. That's exactly what it was. It was always about that, Mark, that Celtic were one of the first clubs to, to put it out there to take the winter break already and it just... They started, you know, turned up. 
if, Celt- if Celtic had said the opposite, if Celtic said we should play on, mm-hmm. the zone, should, it's it's that simple. Mm-hmm. If Celtic said no, no, we should play on, we should play on. Rangers would say no, no, we should go for winter break. Mm-hmm. And you even saw like, sorry, Terence Scott. No, it's just that's it's just it's like Max said. Look, if they say if Celtic said that's blue, they'll say it's white. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. It, they're never going to agree on it. Like that's all the one. Like. So like, of course, the, the transfer window opens in a couple of days. Like we're expecting Mark to see new players within the squad uh, up and running by by a first game against Tibbs uh, on the seventeenth. But we're also expecting outgoings, Mark. Is there any players who you think, Mark, that's go- maybe play their last game in, in the Celtic jersey before our next match? Uh, I think he'll be back, I suppose, unless Hart's injury is actually a serious injury, which nobody's really cleared up either why he's been missing, whether it's COVID or whether it's something more serious. But I think if Hart's going to be back, Barkis will be away alone at least. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's hard to think. Bolingoli? Oh, I've been forgot about him there. There you go. Bolingoli, he's another one. I'd say that will be away next month. Uh, there was there was rumours going round uh, Mickey Johnson maybe going up and on to Dundee United. Do you think uh, would that be a benefit to him going out and loan or do we actually still need him within our squad? Because we, we don't know if we're going to get these transfer targets. Is is, is the, the the question mark really? Isn't it like we are going to say we're expecting new players to come in, but there's so much. It's only a month, really. You have to get these things done. Well, I think Barkis and Ball and Goal, I think that too, I mean, as I said, as long as Hart's fit, we wouldn't really miss any of the two of them at all, would we? I mean, Ball and Goal is that far out of the picture. Mm-hmm. But, but I just say, I think it might be just a case of some, some of the younger fringe players maybe getting out of the loan for a bit of experience, Paul. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, just before we go, here's a staff fee on one of our former players, uh, Roy Christie, uh, had the more shots on 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 goals down in the first division and he actually has the more shots without a goal down in the championship. So here after getting the Gaelic football or that's been a team he's always wanted to play for. Yeah, so there after getting the Gaelic footballer that we always thought Ryan Christie <laughs> was by putting the ball over the bar. Can we protect your shows, Mark? Like what well, we've been saying for Christie for years, if you could keep keep the ball on the ground and keep the ball on target, Christie could be hitting 20, 30 goals a season. Like you know what I mean? They're, they're you basically know? saying none of them were even in target. No, no, off target, off target, thirty five shots off target. See, but we spoke. Uh, when we spoke about that poem, we thought that when had said to him, like trying, I mean, look, Chris Commons yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Lennon had just said to him, Look, see when you get the ball, just work your way and find a shot and take it. But obviously, oh, I didn't know that. Who does Ryan? 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 Who does <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's it for tonight, lads. Uh, for myself, uh, like to wish you all a happy new year on the live chat tonight. Happy new year uh, to Terence for joining us again tonight. Uh, Terence, don't say anything before we go. 
Oh, just uh, same with yourself, uh, Mark and Paul. That we thank for everything you do, lads. You do. It's it's a great show. Obviously, I always appreciate when you ask me to come on and uh, wish you both a happy new year and yourself and your families and keep safe, keep well, and all the lads the on the live chat and on the forums as well. Just keep safe and keep well, and we'll get back to normal times sometime soon with the help of God. Mark, you to the show, buddy. Right, thanks, for, thanks again, Paul, for you and everything you do behind the scenes. Terms for coming on, he's always reliable. It's always good to get him on. On the last live chat, uh, John Duncan, JFP, Bestie, the Jabra Jobbies. <laughs> thanks very much for joining us. Uh, remember, hit the like button. If you're not subscribed, please do so as it helps us get up algorithms on YouTube. God bless. Have a good new year and I hope you saw the nice Christmas. Hail, hail. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Boz and Bovel podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.